0: Hello there, you luge lizards. It's Chappie, your British butler, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 164. And straight off the bat, another wondrous snowstorm last night. Another five inches last night. Ooh, yes. Oh no. Yes. Oh, Mrs. Snow! Ooh, That's how much. Seriously. It was, uh, I think, maybe the biggest storm of the winter so far. Snow coverage quite severe i have to say and um i'm trying my own olympic sport here and i think this should become olympic sport you put down a basically an ice rink which outside chappie towers nobody bothers to nobody bothers to knock not knock, knock apart the ice here very lazy travis needs to get off his ass and start uh, chipping away at the ice here maybe make an ice sculpture but that's how much ice there is but there should be an olympic sport where you take a big fella and an ice rink and put them on there maybe with some yak tracks on or maybe not and see how long they can stay up for i even with the yak tracks on one foot started sliding uh, i basically did a pirouette and um, they rated it probably two out of ten i would say if the judges came and came in it would be a very very low rating very inelegant uh, but um, half half my body went down but I managed to stay upright. But I probably just ripped my back here. So that's my Olympic sport, um, and I think I'd be very, very good at it. But also, I was thinking about the luge. Yeah. So I was. I don't know if you know about the luge in the uh, in the Winter Olympics. First of all, like some. Wouldn't you just love some like lounge luge music? I mean, I wouldn't want to be going down the um, the slopes too quickly in my luge. My luge leisure wear as well. I mean, you could, it could be, an, it could be a whole thing, a luge suit, instead of the lounge suit, but dressed to impress when you're on the slopes. I think it's very, very important. So, and I was trying to with I wanted to. I've never, never heard this before. I've seen it, I think, but never before. So, luge is a winter sport featured at the Winter Olympic Games. Where a competitor, or, or a two-person team, rides flat sled. While lying supine. Isn't that like being like a wolf or something? Or is that whoopine? There's something like between Wolverine and supine. Anyway, supine. So you're laying down basically supine. Is that, what, what sort of position is that? Is that you laying on your back and your partners on top of you also laying on their back? Or are you face to face? It could be the perfect sport for Valentine's Day, I think, here. It's usually contested over a specially designed ice track, well, reinforced if it's my case, I suppose, to allow gravity to increase the sled speed. The winner normally competes the route with the fastest overall time. It was first contested in the 1964 Winter Olympics with men and women's events and doubles events. I mean, me- mixed supine luge. <laughs> mixed supine luching. No, I didn't say lunging, luching sounds like the perfect sort of sport of intimacy. Saint Valentine would be proud if he had come up with the idea of the luge. And it sounds like the perfect sport. So you, you know, you find yourself a partner. Uh, you put you put a heated blanket on there. I mean, I wouldn't go down the black run, but I might try the bunny slope. So you put the heated blanket on there with your partner, um, and uh, and and just. That, you know, somebody pushes you off the slope and down you can start flying down there. I mean, if it was at a more gentle speed, I'd probably fall asleep. It's a perfect it's a perfect sport for me. I would be a luge lizard. Uh, hopefully not a lecherous luge, but, you know, the people watching it, if they took a little bit too much uh, interest in it, they could be lecherous luge. And if you were very, very good at it, you could be indeed the luge lothario it's actually gorgeous to be here today uh for this episode to entertain you for the second time this weekend i know what stamina but i think we need to think of a solution but the poor dogs here i have two dogs as you know own quite a few dogs over the years and this time of year when it's snowy and the ice gets between their feet especially if they need to get older but they have a little bit of uh, arthritis um then uh the solution is this sort of wax, whether it's Dr. mulsh's sort of uh, Vaseline or something. I mean, probably you could use your luge lube, which is obviously what you use when you're um, oiling up your board ready to go down the slope. You l- use your luge lube. I mean, this is, the ha- this is the gift that keeps on giving. I think the luge is now my favorite sport, especially with a heated blanket on it. But anyway, if you use your luge lube, Or you use your Vaseline uh, or uh, possibly some uh, butter flavoured shortening because you want to give the dogs a nice tasty treat if they lick lick their paws, then uh, that could be good. But also maybe duck fat or goose fat, could you rub that on the paws or wouldn't they want to go outside? They'd just spend all day licking their feet. I mean, if you put goose fat or duck fat on my paws, I would probably spend all day basically licking my paws. So on the podcast today, many wondrous things uh, coming your way down the line here, down the wire. Yeah, we, we're going to be talking about uh, how they've made the Death and the Nile uh, trailer very trendy. Now, you've got Agatha Christie, you Poirot, you've got a classic. You don't need to make it trendy. I mean, the, the, ship, the film's got enough problems with, obviously, um, the alleged Hammer situation, Hammer the Cannibal or whatever it is, Army Hammer uh, you've got that situation going on it's been delayed but you know what kenneth Branner did a bloody good job with uh, murder on the orient express i don't know if it's the up to the lume 1974 version um but i i i tell you something i love orient express love death on the nile love the uh, version with david niven in the 70s and obviously peter Ustinov really fantastic version so but I do like the branner take on it but you don't need to make it trendy it's old school class rather than having Arnie and Elizabeth I just wish I bet they wish they could have like edited him out but uh, he's a big star in it apparently and uh, they, they couldn't they could get rid of him so we will see because I, I guess it's been launched for Valentine's Day because what better on a Valentine's Day uh uh or valentine's day weekend to basically and watch somebody get murdered i mean because a lot of people going to these valentine's day movies probably want to murder their spouse or partner anyway and sitting next to them for two hours will probably uh, increase that, <laughs> increase the likelihood of that even happening also are you a double flasher well i think trump is we'll be talking about trump the double flasher today uh also elevating biscuits and gravy Have I flushed any of my transcripts down, the transcripts of this show? I mean, we obviously very carefully edit and put these together. The great thing is, I mean, I ramble on about nonsense and people probably mishear me and all sorts of other things happen during this podcast. But it's difficult to put transcripts. I talk fast, talk British, and I have my colloquialisms even. And uh, it's a bit of a problem. So, yeah, have I got any transcripts of this show? Will people want to see the transcripts? Possibly. Maybe I need to start flushing as well. Uh, also, IKEA plant based meat. We'll be discussing that uh, potentially. I think I'm about, I'm going to put something. Have you ever put a CD in the microwave? Well, I think people were doing that in the 80s and 90s weren't and seeing what happens. We're gonna be putting something in the microwave today and basically see what happens. No, we're not putting any peeps in there, although you should put peeps in the microwave, but they blow up like a uh, big old yellow or pink, uh, voluminous, um, slightly rotund bird and then explode. So for fun, you know, put this in your diary. at so Easter, put a peep in the microwave for maybe one or two minutes. Don't burn them too much, though, because you'll never get the smell of burnt marshmallow out of your microwave. Also, we never talked about homeless. The homeless chap I saw, who I see—I mean, he suddenly appears out of the bushes at night and uh, gives me the scare of scare of life. And he leaves his shopping cart around the, the trail. And he had a buddy the other day. and They were having a—they're having all the fun and all the fun of the fair, basically. Uh, also, the wondrous. Uh, the wonders of uh, of nature. I saw something the other day and I was thinking, you know what? The birds trained us. We'll be talking about that. Have you been measuring fruit recently? We never talked about that yesterday. And also the Queen's Corkies are quite chunky. And I'm quite pleased about that. We'll be possibly discussing that. And again, there's no set list here. There's nothing. It's not like Moses's tap. It's nothing's etched into the stone. And we're going to say, oh, here's Chappie's running order. We like a little bit of chaos. We like things to be a little bit loosey and, dare I say, a little bit goosey. So, my wonderful love um, is apparently maybe something for Valentine's Day. So, I feel like some complete buffoon, uh, very unromantic, because I'm terrible at making things. And I wouldn't, if I made something, it would probably end up in a breakup because it would be so bad. I mean, I basically, when I made uh, a paltry, um sarcophagus of Tutankhamun, yes, because I was into Egyptians Egyptians when I was younger, um, it looked like some sort of constipated serpent. That was basically, you know, Tutankhamun has a serpent coming out of his death mask. Yeah, this was like a, a serpent that had probably... Um, not uh, not relieved itself for probably five weeks. So I'm not very good at poultry or making anything. In the school magazine, uh, basically, there's a picture of me uh, with my hands on the workbench, and uh, Andrew has decided to screw his thumbs to the workbench. And that's ba- that's the sort of thing I do. I do. I mean, I once got a hook from my finger when I went try to go fishing. Yes, I'm incredibly practical. So I'm not going to make anything because that that not not a thing. That wouldn't be a good thing. But very very kind maker. I don't know what it is yet. Quite excited. Um, wondering if it's going to be a practical gift, you know, like a uh, possibly a toolbox because it's 10 hint, you need to learn how to use these things, um, or maybe something else. Who knows? But anyway, I got a picture just now, and it's basically, um, it almost looks like a Michelangelo creation, almost like the Sistine Chapel. It could be the Sistine Chapel of laundry rooms, and you've got a um, basically some shelves. And you've got beautifully, and I and, and people are saying, don't fold your towels, roll your towels. That, roll your rolling your towels is much easier than folding. But she's basically rolled her towels, and it looks beautifully symmetrical and cylindrical and all of that. And then she's got some um, beautifully designed uh, little boxes. Hand there's a, there's hand towels that are um, basically folded and squared. So you've got a a, a wonderful sort of laundry room uh, pastiche of rolled towels different colors different pastels hand towels beautifully put together and then right at the top you've got a splash of color in there and uh, towels uh, basically fold elongated I mean it is the perfect if you're looking at a design for your laundry room and stacking it up this is the most perfect thing I've seen it is almost a work of art and ladies and gentlemen you know that you have a design classic when basically you've created the Michelangelo Sistine Chapel of laundry room shelves. Yes, we've got our favorite 20 tea brands ranked from worst to best. Okay, so Talbot Tees. Talbot Tees is a tea brand owing its beginnings to a reality show Shark Tank. The brand's actual products are rather difficult to lock down today. How to make tea from herbs, uh, patachuli, and teas you should enjoy. Jamba Juice seems to be carrying Talbot tea, matcha tea, in a matcha green tea blast still. Because of its limited menu, stagnant website and lack of information, uh, this is uh, placed at the bottom of the list here. But Red Diamond, the American brand, has been perfecting teas for many years. And while it's true, Red Diamond is a very limited product line. It certainly is dang good dang good at what it does however because the senior tea brands have the ability to offer a large variety of products we place the brand near the bottom of the list red diamond tea is tasty but sometimes you want something other than black or green in our brew capital teas though offers an interesting product called fruit tisane this is marketed as an alternative to soda containing dried fruits nuts beets and some tea leaves with lots of flavors we could see how this would be a perfect solution to the afternoon slump The Imperial Tea Court uh, uh, has an extensive line including green, black, imperial, white, oolong, jasmine, yellow, purer, herbal, and blossom tea. Its blossom teas are particularly unique and appealing. The teas are made from green tea leaves and have been hand-tied with a sphere bud shape. When the bud is immersed in hot water, the sphere opens up. Oh, it sounds very naughty, doesn't it? Uh, and, And the flower remains at the bottom of your mug. It's like a little orchid at the bottom of your mug of tea. Argo tea. Argo tea You may be very familiar with the line of bottled iced teas available at Walgreens and other retailers across the nation. These bottled teas come in delicious flavor. Hibiscus, Carolina, Honey tea, Hibiscus tea squeeze, and Green tea ginger twist. Then we have Upton Tea. Upton Tea specializes in loose leaf tea around the world. Founded in uh, 1989, the company offers many tea flavors and cupping notes via its website. We appreciate being provided with these notes and they can offer uh, us a way to up our tea expertise and indeed snobbery. Bigelow Tea has 120 flavors of tea. Bigelow Tea offers tea for everybody. The American company stands out among Uh, the rest because it takes great pride in its packaging. Each tea bag is packaged in a foil pouch in order to protect the quality of the tea. It almost looks like it's a uh, wrapping on the condom, basically. Uh, Good Earth Tea. We have been first exposed to Good Earth Tea. It's sweet and spicy original tea. It has a spicy, sweet line, including vanilla chai, caramel chai, chamomile, pomegranate, mango, matcha green, and peppermint. It was founded in 1972 and had large interest being environmentally friendly. In terms of flavor, though, not all the blends are top-notch. Mighty Tea Leaf, variety of flavors from winter solstice to spring jasmine and turmeric ginger. I'm going to have to try that one. Mighty Leaf Tea has a lot of unique and intriguing flavor combinations. Newbie Organic Tea comes with steeped dried lime drink they use to drink is children in iraq the company's vision is unique is to introduce unique and creative flavored teas into the us market while driving social change numi offers a variety of teas including loose leaf iced tea and their stay healthy collection teas varna teas varna tea uh, currently only offers eight flavors white chocolate peppermint that sounds very festive mandarin mimosa jade citrus mint peach tranquility Lemon Ginger Bliss, Spiced Apple Cider, peach Bellini, and old Grey cre- Cream. These flavors sound delightful. We're loving what the company is doing with the Teavana brand design and the limited offering of tea varieties. Then we have Honest Tea. Its mission is to promote health and wellness, reduce environmental footprint, and create economic opportunity in uh, democratize organics. We love its mission, strong health stance, and back its products. But we wish Honest Tea offered tea in other forms like tea bags or loose leaf tea. Then we have stash tea. Stash tea flavors are extensive, including classics like premium green tea and English breakfast tea, as well as exclusive classics such as Christmas in Paris and decaf choco hazelnut tea. That sounds rather interesting. And then, obviously, Twinings, the Twinings of London. Uh, offers a lot of different tea varieties black herbal green wellness cold infusion why do long decaf organic not only but not only does the tea sell many types of tea it also offers many types and forms of tea tea bags loose leaf cold and even k-cups now that was the first english tea i found when i came to the us yogi tea is a large number of charitable international partnerships nature fund navanda association and the kumari project the brands make a positive impact on society so yogi tea is honestly one of the favorites not only is a company doing well in the world uh, but it has a wonderful mission harney and sons uh, has a long history and lots of innovation and creativity and near near the top of tea and over 300 variety of tea celestial seasonings with large variety of tea options including bengal spice cranberry vanilla wonderland sugar cookie sleigh ride and country peach passion <laughs> i mean they sound like <laughs> country peach passion and sugar cookie sleigh ride it sounds like porn star names uh lipton oh everybody knows lipton carries a huge product line including black tea green tea matcha agruas frescas health benefit teas and iced teas You name it, Lipton has it. The history of American tea, but my favourite is ranked at number two. PG Tips, founded in 1869 by Arthur Brooke in Manchester. PG Tips was formerly known as the Pre-Jest Tea. Brooke eventually abbreviated this to some medical-sounding term to PG and added the word Tips to indicate the company only uses the tips of the tea leaves. Got dairy-free, gold, extra strong tasty decaf plus caffeine plus metabolism original loose original plus immunity pg tips is the british classic tea and has a wonderful mission with the rainforest alliance certified teas but they rate this article rates Tazo carries a unique line of products but it also Brings strong values. Tarzo's brand purpose centers on sustainability and climate justice. To that end, it is partnered with American Forest, creating Tarzo Tree Corps, an effort that involves planting trees in BIPOC communities within five cities with a strong social impact in delectable products. This article ranks Tarzo as number one. But as I lift up my lovely cup of PG tips. (coughs) mmm. It's my number one baby. So this was absolutely fascinating in the week here. Trump denies flushing documents down his White House toilet. Reporting from the forthcoming book claims White House staff found wads of paper clogging a toilet, believed to be the then President Trump, was responsible. White House staff during the Trump administration sometimes found wads of paper clogging a toilet. The detail comes from New York Times reporter Maggie Haberson's forthcoming book about Trump and was first reported by Axios on Thursday. Harberman told CNN Thursday this might have happened multiple times. The engineer would have come to fix the toilet, and what the engineer would find would be clods of uh, wet printed paper, meaning it was not toilet paper. It was notes of some other piece of paper they believed to be thrown down the toilet. It was in the pipes. It was in the bathroom. Trump denied the story, and it says, Fake news that I flushed papers and documents down a White House toilet it's categorically untrue and simply made up fake news. Um, the new details about the White House plumbing problem comes days after the former White House aide, uh, The Apprentice contestant, Amarosa Uh, Marginal Newman said that Trump loved to tear up documents and that she once saw the former president chewing White House documents after meeting with the then lawyer Michael Cohen. I walked back in and I saw Donald Trump. He was very concerned about whatever was exchanged and shared and whatever was on this piece of paper appeared to be of great concern to him. So he tore it up. He normally does that. But then he put it in his mouth and it was very bizarre because he's a germaphobe. He never puts paper in his mouth. I mean, (laughs) what else did he put in his mouth? Well, you know he like Russians and uh, showers of the golden variety. I believe the former pre- allegedly. The former president was well known for his tendency to destroy documents. In 2018, Politico reported on two federal records management analysts whose jobs became. Uh, taping back together documents Trump had ripped into tiny pieces so they could be sent to the National Archives. The National Archives and Records Administrations asked the Justice Department to investigate Trump's handling of records after the agency received 15 boxes of documents from Trump. Uh, last month, the Washington Post reported the National Archives believes the information in these documents were classified. That's not all of Trump's apparent record-keeping problems on a house January 6th committee has found gaps in the White House telephone logs as well. Logs and wads in the toilet, no logs in the telephone records. What absolute disaster. I always suspected Trump was a double flusher. Just to think about how bad his digestion is when he's swallowing transcripts. I mean, he has verbal diarrhea and obviously there's other issues as well, but that's just ridiculous. I mean, this is a whole new definition of an unwanted floater. Allegedly, I think we have some uh, footage, some audio footage of the whole White House situation. Uh, I don't think we've got uh, any audio footage of Trump ingesting the documents here, but I think maybe possibly and allegedly destroying the documents and uh, what uh, obviously happened after that. Okay, so let's just hear that one more time here. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like you sort of have some plunging action. Oh yeah, a of, lot of wads there, a couple of logs to break up. And there we go, uh, chocks away. Maybe I should start ingesting my own transcripts. That could be an idea. Transcripts of this show where people possibly misheard what I said. Maybe maybe I was incredibly controversial one day and I need to basically either eat my transcripts or start flushing down the toilet because waiting on the podcast back in 2020, I said knickers or possibly... Oh dear, I'm a little bit worried about this concerned here maybe on one occasion i said pantaloons or possibly under my breath one day when things weren't going right or it was a bad day i might have uttered the word bugger, bugger, bugger. Mm, yeah i don't think i can eat it but maybe flush it away wash it out of my hair so i tell you i did do something rather delicious this morning for breakfast here is it, you know, I'm enjoying the biscuits and gravy. We're not talking about digesters or hobnobs with brown gravy. No, no, my British people. We're talking about the American biscuits and gravy. It's almost like a scone with this sort of, uh, I guess, peppery, sort of uh, slightly um, onion-y white gravy to go over them. Anyway, so I had that with some scrambled eggs. That's the norm. But added the pierre de resistance. The smoked salmon on top of it. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but probably not on the same, uh, not on the same level here uh, is uh, <laughs> IKEA apparently now uh, producing plant-based meat. Now I'm, I'm quite a big fan of the go there and have the, uh, the boiled salmon with the white sauce or uh, the meatballs Swedish meatball love Swedish meatballs, but not so sure about the IKEA plant-based meat. I mean, it must be incredibly complicated to put together uh, a meal using the uh, plant-based meat. Like you need step-by-step instructions. I mean, does it have instructions? Because if the uh, plant-based meat and the meal prepper, the meal planner does have instructions, then I'm definitely not gonna use it. So I posted a a picture of Maggie the Corgi on her back this morning having her uh, belly tickled or itched. Now, Maggie's got a bit of a rotund belly and I think she got like a, a thousand views and many, many, many likes on Instagram. Uh, eat, at keep calm and cauliflower cheese on Instagram, if you want to follow my nonsense, basically. But the thing is, though, if, if I was like shirtless, basically laying on my back with my belly in the air and somebody scratching it, I mean, I might be lucky to get one and a half views, maybe on a good day. Certainly, if the sun was out and people are out, nobody'd be lucky. Maybe on a rainy day. Or there's maybe some special interested people out there who wants to see a rather uh, overweight British man on his back having his belly scratched. There are probably websites out there for that. Talking about British problems, though, very British problems official. Uh, love the site uh, on Twitter, Instagram as well. Very British problems official. So This is some of the best from the week from them. Wondering how many times you have to say, right, yeah, um, I see. Well, uh, anyway, there you go and great stuff before you're allowed to leave the conversation. And also from uh, Very British Problems, uh, like British problems put out there in the outside world. And if you're trying to translate or get a sense of the British psyche, Very British Problems is amazing at that. Hmm, could do translation I don't want to commit to saying no that's a bit too direct but I'm afraid I actually uh, do mean no and there's a high chance that I think uh, what you've suggested is a terrible idea Uh, so uh, yeah let's move on Deny that a lot of men are physically attracted to them. Anyway, Slavic women are truly respect and appreciate American men. These ladies are passionate. They have been raised to respect family and traditional values. American guys are usually less passionate and emotional than Slavic men. It may seem that this could stop the local girls from looking for a foreign husband, but opposites attract. I mean, this is what I get. These are the sort of AI clips I get. Firstly, I'm not an American man. I mean, it seems like. American ladies have to get yourself maybe a Slavic man because they're more passionate. I don't know. Again, I still don't understand why if an American man is less passionate than a Slavic man, why would a Slavic be, lady be looking for an American man? It's all very confusing. But they're the sort of um, AIL things I get. And then I get an advert for Cabri's fingers. Yes, Cadbury's chocolate fingers. Um, and basically the tagline is uh, Ch- Cabri's chocolate fingers for hands and fingers big and small. What are they trying to do to me? I'm Seriously, I'm I, now I want to go and find some Cadbury's Fingers. Oh dear, I found some more transcripts from former podcasts of mine. Again, these transcripts are being produced, uh, I believe, for all podcasts now. And I found one podcast where... Oh gosh, I don't know. I hate to say that. Um, I, I said fiddlesticks. Oh yeah, I said fiddlesticks on one podcast and... And then, uh, and then another thing. I think it was episode one hundred and two of Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. I might have said, "Whoops, the daisies." All right, that. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take these transcripts here, and uh, let me just. Uh, yeah, let me just. Sort of it. it sounds like somebody's got their head down the toilet. Now that's what used to happen at boarding school. But anyway, you get the plunge of transcripts down make them into a pulp and then yeah just flush them away flush them away i mean there's alleged trump transcripts being flushed down the toilet though but what do you do when you get an audio of this where i mean it looks like he sort of maybe want to become king donald they're, they're really tremendous people they really are and we love them in america no matter what you hear they they are so great i mean outstanding the monarchy is great they're really great people I mean, possibly does that mean like the Trump wants some sort of monarchy here? They're, they're really tremendous people. <laughs> they really are, and we love them in America, no matter what you hear. That they, they are so great. I mean, outstanding. The monarchy is great. They're really great people. So maybe a maybe possibly a Trump monarchy. Allegedly a Trump monarchy. So we've moved the whole keep calm and cauliflower cheese operation into. Uh, the kitchen area but they're trying a little bit of a uh, science experiment here. so if you're bored at home and you're likely to have some fun at home activities and liven things up especially trying to entertain kids it's a wild science ex- science experiment you can do it's it's destructive and educational borrow this uh, popular parlor science uh, fair trick place a grape entirely split down the middle into a microwave heat it up in the microwave and watch it spark. Well, we don't have uh, any grapes, but we're gonna try a raisin and also a golden sultana. So we're gonna take, uh, yeah, we have some lovely California raisins and golden sultanas and we're gonna put them into the uh, microwave, oh, let me get rid of my uh, biscuits there. We don't want those being heated up. I'll put this in here and uh, yeah, let's just put the uh, raisins in here for 30 seconds and see what happens. Uh, yes, so the raisins are spinning around, spinning around, do we see anything yet here? They, I don't know if you've ever had a mince pie, but they conduct so much heat, uh, it's like molten hot. So I imagine that if you put a, uh, a uh, raisin into a, a microwave, that we could have an interesting effect. So we've had the microwave going for 30 seconds. Nothing's happened yet. So we're gonna add another 30 seconds uh, to the grape and the golden sultana here. Here we go, we're gonna add Oh, we're beginning to see a little bit of sparky action, a little bit of smoky-smoky. Oh, and our 15 seconds left is beginning to smoke and indeed uh, spark here So, uh, and, and uh, oh, 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 And, dare I say, obliteration. What we have left are charred, burnt embers. I think we could solve the energy crisis. Forget fossil fuel, people. I think we could start heating our homes and powering our cars with raisins and golden sultanas i tell you something i think we've made a scientific breakthrough today i really do one of my favorite headlines of the week to do with trump and the whole toilet situation trump's toilet obsession just took a dark turn well maybe he needs to eat more fruit vegetables and then harry and Meghan terrorized uh, by a bad smell the, uh, maybe it's the smell that uh, is emanating from Spotify for them having a $25 million contract and only recording one 35 minute podcast. Prince Harry and Prince uh, and, and uh, Meghan, <laughs> Prince Meghan have finally found peace. They don't really work. They're taking it easy and they couldn't even attend the Queen's Platinum, Platinum Jubilee and Prince Harry's decided that money is fake. All should be going smoothly for this beautiful family. According to The Sun, their home has been overtaken by a foul smell of of not wanting to do a day's work in their lives. No, an actual foul smell, leaving neighbors disgusted. Their home in Montecito smells like shitter, basically. Uh, Nearly uh, a 42-acre saltwater marsh, according to some quotes by residents who spoke to the Mirror, it smells almost as bad as Prince Andrew's court case. Apparently, the smell is so bad, people had to pull over their cars while driving along the road. I feel truly sorry for them. They've really been through a lot. Finally, they got the home of their dreams, and it's ruined by the smell of a rotting marsh. Uh, But knowing Harry and Meghan, anything is possible... Um, when it comes to this type of thing, remember the 2016 wedding? It allegedly smelled posh candles thanks to diffusers set up through St. George's Chapel that masked the stench of family betrayal, colonialism, and farts. Oh, obviously, Camilla's very sensitive to the old presidential fart. And in local news, Mushroom Rabbi grows ceremonial psilocybin for Denver congregation. So, I mean, if you're having magic mushrooms during a uh, Jewish congregation sort of service, then I think, um, yeah, I, I get the munchies. I would want a bunch of blintzes. Magic mushrooms and blintzes during the congregation might go down rather well. And the key to a happy relationship are two rows a month and sex five times a week. Uh, really, this is from Esther Walker, uh, Giles Corrin's... Uh, Wife On the verge of divorce, stop right there with a petition. A hotel chain has commissioned to survey of 2,000 married couples. That's a lot of headboard crashing and sheets that need to be washed. I mean, that's a lot of work. 2,000 couples. First communication. The survey says that the happiest couples have six meaningful conversations, three long walks, and two barnstorming rows each month. And there's no detail on the suggested content of these meaningful conversations. I mean, what's for dinner? Hot dogs, uh, or the husbands maybe refusing to replace the toilet roll on the spindle instead of just leaving the fresh roll balanced somewhere stupid. And you know what? At the moment, my toilet roll is balanced somewhere stupid. I think I need to go and uh, fix that. Uh, so the bondstorming rows sound uh, positively fun. Three long, vigorous walks, uh, and then uh, those bliss twosomes of the survey said they had to set at sex five times a week. Five times a week, that's 20 times a fortnight. Uh, Kiss two or three times a day. And cuddle 11 times a week. I mean, was somebody in the room here keeping tally of all of this? Let me talk about the (laughs) lecherous Louche from the top of the show. I mean, who's here? He's licking his pens and keeping notes here and keeping a tally. I mean, what's he doing? Is he clicking every time they kiss? Or, um, I mean, does he follow the whole situation through to completion through to climax and then he clicks oh yep yeah, that's it well done there we go how's your father that's two times this week oh lovely job it's gonna be fantastic Trample or trombone figuring out what to wear before a first date can be tricky with throwing together an effortlessly stylish outfit becoming an absolute minefield when you're trying to make a lasting impression on the other person I think one of my early dates, uh, I wore a, uh, a beige suit. No, I think it was my cream or white suit, a brown shirt and a brown pocket square. And my shoulders looked like an American football player. There we go. I knew I'd get a reference in there for you Super Bowl fans. That's the only American football reference you're going to get from me, probably until the end of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. For many women, a decent pair of leather trousers can be a great option for winter dates. Uh, being a flattering and timelessly fashionable wardrobe staple. However, for one businesswoman, her pants ended up letting her down in a pretty hilarious way. Talking to TikTok, Julie Greggs, co-founder of the 4Play Double Dating app, revealed that she thought her leather pants looked great while on a date. However, did she expect them to suddenly start shredding at an alarming rate? In the video, Judy can be seen throwing the damage, uh, throwing and showing the damage done to her once trendy trousers, now practically falling apart, much to the amusement of her followers. Uh, One uh, record had a duffel bag like this and it disintegrated mid-travel, shred all over the airport and plain so embarrassing. I thought we all learned from Ross not to wear leather pants uh, on a date. So basically, the leather started to perish and started to basically reveal the altogether. I mean, that'll definitely teach her uh, not to downward dog one leathered. And another Valentine flavoured story in Trump or Trombone here. According to new research by pet care marketplace Rover, Brits are likely to match with somebody whose online dating profile includes a dog. Well, it has worked for me. Rover recently surveyed more than a thousand pet owners who had used dating apps and found that over three quarters, 76% of them, would be more likely to match with somebody who featured a dog in their photos or bio. Over half the single pet parents confessed to including a dog in their dating profile to increase their chances of drawing a potential match. Over a quarter, 24% had no shame in admitting they had featured a dog that wasn't their own in order to spark a conversation with their love interest. I mean, how about this one? How about a dog holding a fish? Bonanza. For many of us, the birth of our first child is likely to be one of the most important moments of our lives and for dads missing out on the moment your baby is born would be devastating. But one mum-to-be on Reddit has left furious with her husband as it seems he has other priorities that clash with the impending arrival of their baby and he's not willing to compromise. Sharing a story anonymously, the 25-year-old pregnant woman revealed that she's due to give birth in March on the exact day that Batman is due to hit cinemas, and her husband, 28, is determined to see Robert Pattinson in the action hero Bruce Wayne in his crime-fighting alter ego on the same day. My husband and I expecting a baby. As you may know, there's a new Batman movie releasing in early March. My husband is a big fan of that kind of stuff. The issue is that our estimated due date is exactly on that date. I know that only a fraction of babies are born on the exact date. Um, but uh, it could be one of those cases. According to her husband, he has no choice but to see the Matt Reeves film on opening day. Otherwise, he opens himself up to potential spoilers. I think the biggest spoiler may be for him that he may get a divorce after this. I mean, the wife needs to get a spotlight shadow. It needs to sort of emanate and project one finger onto the screen as he views Batman. Because basically, him not attending the birth of the baby is a big F you. So I think you need to bring your love, your partner, your wife, husband, whoever it is. You know, maybe the pool cleaner, uh, maybe your butler, whoever it is. Breakfast in bed on Valentine's Day. Or maybe tomorrow, if you're working Monday, maybe tomorrow. So I... To make it easy for you, I'm going to tell you how to make breakfast in bed specifically bacon in a microwave to save your time. Secret for our extra crispy results here. Okay, cooking bacon in a microwave is easy, mess-free, hands-off. It's best for when you want to cook small batches. Uh, So make the most of your microwave at once. Four to six slices only if you're going to do this. And this will get them fairly crispy. So large microwave-safe plate four to six slices of bacon without folding them paper towels or microwave bacon cooker line the plate with paper towels four sheets of paper towels on the plate arrange the bacon in a single layer place the bacon slices on top of the paper towels in a single layer making sure the bacon doesn't overlap the bacon won't cook it'll be soft and mushy if it overlaps top the bacon with more paper towels Top the bacon with two more sheets of paper towels and then put the plate in the microwave. The bacon should be fully covered with paper towels. Then microwave the bacon on high for one minute per slice. So six rashers, you know what? It's six minutes. Even my terrible mathematics can, uh, can work that out. All microwaves aren't created equal. So you should take a look at the bacon halfway through the cooking to see how quickly it's cooking. If it looks almost done, don't cook it to the full amount of time. So you can always add time to cook in small increments, but you can't uncook burnt bacon. And if your microwave's on fire, similar to my little test with the raisins and golden sultanas earlier, that's not the most romantic smell to wake up to. But wafting bacon, (sighs) wafting bacon, going through the house, waking up your spouse, I tell you something, if you're not used to a bit of a a how's your father in the morning, in the morning, then I think the smell of bacon wafting through the house is somewhat an aphrodisiac. Thank you so much to listening to the podcast today. It's been lovely having you here on this love weekend here. Yes, I hope you have a lovely time. Again, don't get the discounted flowers. You know, nice box of chocolates. No, the limp balls will melt even the coldest of hearts if you uh, if you can't find anything or don't want to put anything together here but have a wondrous time enjoy like and subscribe to the podcast you can listen to the podcast anywhere as those raisins were sizzling along earlier before they caught fire i could hear keep coming cauliflower cheese emanating from the embers of the raisin and the golden sultana you can hear it everywhere spotify apple music iHeartRadio, Pandora, Slacker, Breaker, Audible, Amazon Music, everywhere. You can hear it absolutely everywhere. But if you like music, I am on Spotify still. Yes, I'm still on Spotify. If you like music, we have a little bit of Lounge Lizards going on. We have uh, some Apache Bongo Band, some Suede, Rapper's Delight. We have some Arrested Development. We have some Father John Mystery. Uh, We have some uh, Chocolate with 1975, XTC, Divine Comedy, Sexo Sonic, Prince. And uh, also the uh, lovely werewolves of London and Muvland Journey as well. Blue Lab Society. Basically music for every taste, every genre, anything that indeed tickles your fancy. Coming up next, we have a love poem. This is John Betjeman's Sol Burton's love song. Miss J Hunter Dunn, Miss J Hunter Dunn, Furnished and burnished by Aldershot's son, What strenuous singles we played after tea, We in the tournament, you against me, Love thirty, love forty, a weakness of joy, The speed of the swallow, the grace of a boy, With carefulest carelessness, gaily you won, I'm weak for you from your loveliness, Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, Miss Joan Hunter Dunn, How I'm mad, sad I am, glad that you won, The warm-handled racket is back in its press, and my shock-headed Victor, she loves me though less. Her father's unanimous shines as we walk and swing past the summer house buried in talk and call the vendra that welcomes us to the six o'clock news and the lime juice and gin, the scent of the conifers, sound of the bath, the view from my bedroom of moss-dappled path. As I struggle with double-end and evening tie, we dance at the golf club, my Victor and I on the floor of the bedroom lie blazer and shorts the cream-colored walls a trophy to a sports and westering questioning settles the sun oh you low-leaded window miss joan hunter dunn the helman is waiting the lights in the hall the pictures of egypt are bright on the wall my sweet i'm standing beside the oak stair and then on the landing light on your hair by roads not adapted by woodland way she drove to the club in late summer haze into nine o'clock camberley heavy with bells and mushroomy pine woody evergreen smells miss joan hunter dunn miss joan hunter dunn i can hear from the car park the dance has begun oh full surrey twilight importunate band a oh, strongly adorable tennis girl's hand around us are rovers and austin's afar above the intimate roof of the car, and here on the right is the girl of my choice, with the tilt of her nose, and the chime of her voice, and the scent of the rap, and the words never said, and the ominous, ominous dancing ahead, we sat in the car park till 20 to 1, and now I'm engaged to Miss Joan Hunter Dunn. Tremendous having you here for the podcast, happy Valentine's weekend, one and all, and I will see you again next week, stay healthy, don't slip over, And keep warm and very cuddly this weekend. Next time, cheerio.